This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Dan the Comic Book Man. Dan the Comic Book Man is here, and we're here to talk a bunch of stuff. Usually, we have one big banner topic to talk about, and we do have something that's going to get a little bit more time and shine than anything else. But due to unforeseen circumstances, our episode detailing the twilight of the superheroes written by Alan Moore, the, the pitch that never saw it to fruition, is being moved to next week. Which gives me some more time to look at some crazy Alan Moore videos, which is great. Those are always fun. Those are always hilarious. Um, and, but in the meantime, we get to do something that we normally don't get to do, which is talk current events. Um, mostly, this podcast tries to steer away from that because I didn't want to be a hot take podcast, you know? Like someone gets True. casted one week, so we all, you know, spill our guts about what happens in the next week the casting changes. You know, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have like fair weather opinions. I wanted to talk, Especially to talk in about the times that we're in now. You don't know what's going to get changed, what dates can get moved. Yeah. Some people have like really rigid and definitive opinions about things that are not even like real yet. So I, I never wanted to be that kind of podcast. More so, I wanted to look at things that already existed and some things, right, we've covered have, have been sitting for decades um, and, you know. That that's more what I was more interested in, but something like this is actually a little bit more um, welcoming for new listeners, so they yes. don't necessarily have to pick up a new book right away. Um, and majority of the stuff I'm talking about, if you're into comics, you're probably gonna know about. So we decided to tackle a bunch of things into the, in the current media dealing with comic books and comic book media, but the main uh, thrust of this show. I probably could have used a better word. Is gonna be tackling. The, it's gonna be tackling the television debut of Star Girl or the Star Girl TV series debut. Star Girl actually um, showed up, I think, in Legends of Tomorrow season two. If I'm not mistaken. Ah, uh, so we can't even throw her on debut. No, bro. Uh, the character She's was actually played de- by a much older woman in um, Legends of Tomorrow, and they were also in the past. They met the Justice Society um, in the past. But we'll be talking about Breck. I hope I'm saying that right. Breck Basinger's uh, debut as Star Girl, a television show that has the weird distinction of being both on the DC Universe app and on CW. Yeah, I saw that, that when I was looking it up. Very first show of that. Um, now the thing is, Dan, 
all right as i as i hide as i hop on my motored powered vehicle um when it moves to cw you got to think that it's not going to stay the same because of commercials right? yes because of commercials and runtime and it, it it would absolutely suck if the vision of the director of this show had it had his uh, project taken away from him and mess with a bit. I would be so mad. What? I would be so mad because I'm just happy about who's running this this show right now. Well, it's not to say I'm that that happy. doesn't happen in the world, though, Dan. Because as we know, there's been more news about the Snyder Cut. Dun, dun, dun. Oh no! I like that for a second. You guys are still glutton for punishments <laughs> with this Snyder Cut. I've since washed my hands with this situation. Well, I'll be you, grateful when it happens, but I've washed my hands of anticipating it happening. So the thing is, if you if you're as entrenched in comic book media as we are, as part of Comic Book Click, then you have to realize that this is a topic that almost I, I would want to say has been happening. This conversation has been happening since the. <laughs> Justice League came out, and that was about two and a half years ago at this point. So for two and a half years, every time someone would talk about um, Justice League in a negative light or whatever, uh, people would say, oh, well, there's a Snyder Cut that exists, the actual cut that the director intended um, before he was removed from the project and replaced by uh, Josh Whedon. Obviously, there was a bunch of news that, well, he wasn't removed. He left because of his uh, child. Um, a very uh, sad situation in the Snyder household, but there's a lot of evidence that suggests that he was removed prior to doing all of that stuff. Um, and then since then, there was a mythical cut of this film, the one that Zack Snyder intended, not the one that we saw, which was a hodgepodge of Josh Whedon's, you know, corrections and the original Snyder intent. But everyone was like, well, you know, the reason why Justice League sucked it was because it was two ideas. If we just had the one idea, Zack Snyder might be flawed, but at least there'll be a through line between Man of Steel, Justice League, and Batman vs. Superman, which he directed all three. Instead, we have two that kind of seem to fit, and then the third one is what it is. Now, the a reason... I say all this to say that I'm about tired of talking about it, but luckily, we have one of the most freshest takes of the Justice League film here in the studio... Uh, with Dan because Dan was somebody who went out of his way to not watch this film for some reason when it initially came no, out. No, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And since then he has. I'm, I'm, I'm right. Am I? No. Yes. Yeah, so around, around, like I guess January ish. Yeah. Uh, because we made a because uh, we made on the air a pact. Me and old GT. Yes. I would watch Justice League if he would watch Watchmen. Right. Because neither of us have seen either. Mm-hmm. So finally, I just. It was there. It was on HBO, on demand. I'm like, you know what? I might as well just do it. I sat down and I watched Justice League. <laughs> and even if you wanted me to do a short little recap, I could only recap about like five scenes. Because I what, still what, don't remember. What did you think of the whole thing? Did you think? Now, this is the reason why I asked what you think of the whole thing. I mean, in respect to what you had heard, because it, it's impossible to have watched that film without thinking back to some of the criticisms and praise that you've oh, no, I looked at film. everything I, I looked for the Snyders I looked for the Whedon I looked for the studio decisions I looked for everything and it literally was a camel Aww. it was just <laughs> a Frankenstein's monster of ideas yeah and it, it was terrible because like when you well what I saw of Zack Snyder it's like damn this could have been a pretty you know gritty movie maybe it wouldn't have flown over because it was too gritty 
Yeah. But it was still, it still would have had that BVS feel. Okay. You were, that's the thing. It had the BVS. That's the saving grace, right? The idea that it would just be, a flawed vision as it is, at least it would be one. One flawed vision. At least it would have been one main vision. Right. What do you think in respects to it? Because my, I think my anger for the film, my um, negativity stems from the beautiful and brilliant comics that we've read right here and reviewed right here as part of the Major Issues podcast. Going so, of course, uh, the, mo- the most recently being the Amazo virus, um, you know, or, or most let's recently go back- for me, it would be even starting just Origins, New- or- that the food, the Origins, New- yeah. yeah, the Origins, Origins, so like and- seeing that and reading it. Oh, it's so angering. So that's the big, that's my frustration personally. It's like this team, uh, listen, minus 2012, this team would have been the team people talk about when they talk about superhero teams. Nobody was mentioning the Avengers, not the mainstream fans, you know? Uh, yeah. The, uh, mostly because the Avengers have always been like kind of a revolving door of characters where the Justice League tries to primarily stick to the same seven. You know, you obviously have your substitutes here and there, but. That Trinity stays, Flash stays, you know. Well, Hawk Girl is always is gonna was, is always in my seven. My seven yeah. has Hawk Girl and Martian Manhunter. That's, That's the uh, personally specifically <laughs> my seven. A lot of people look at that as the um, animated seven, the Justice League animated it, seven. Yeah, it is. That's the Justice League from the original two thousand like two show. Well, you'll be That's interested to know seven. that in two thousand and eighteen, Scott Snyder um, started a new iteration of the Justice League um, book. And he started with the original animated members. So his Green Lantern was John Stewart. He had uh, Marshall yes. Manhunter, uh, Hawk. Wally Girl. West would be the Flash. Wally's not the Flash in this because Wally. Remember Wally? I mean, Heroes in Crisis, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, in the there's comics, lot, you wouldn't be able to. There's a lot going stuff. on. <laughs> that's the thing is, I grew up Wally. with Wally West as like the main Flash. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, so, where does it rank on the in the DCEU films for you? Oh man, this movie's lower than Suicide Squad for me. Really? This is this this movie. If it, I would need time, but I, there's an order of words that I can say that can perfectly describe how this is the worst comic book movie I've ever seen. Oh my god! And we've seen some bad ones. Go back to the which was no, worst I've, episodes of the I've, I, We have all seen some pretty pretty bad comic book movies, but you know what? Those those movies were authentically bad. They were bad because of the times. They were bad because of the of the one single vision. Yeah. You know, Catwoman was one person's vision at the end of the day. So it's almost like, you know, well, you know what? Pitoff didn't get the the intricate uh, intric, intricate um, details of Catwoman's lore. But and that's and, and, and that, his yeah, fault. That, yeah, he sucks for that. But the idea that two different people, I guess, right, that would get it, get it. No, wrong imagine or... if it would have been two people and an entire studio. So now you have a focus group of people. Yeah, there was this. This was the same problem with Spider Man Three, and this why why Spider Man Three, in of itself, is one of the worst comic book movies of all time. Not because of the story itself, not because of the way the movie turned out, but how many people had to fight and claw the hands, and scratch. Yeah, too many hands in the. Too many cooks in the kitchen. It was. It was. Yeah, it was like five people trying to make, trying to whisk one bowl of eggs. And eventually, you know, and, like, and and always, every five minutes, somebody be like, "Oh, make sure venom's in it. Make sure you're putting in venom." <laughs> Did you get venom? So yet? when it comes down to how structural, how structurally, how Justice League was, no, it's probably it's it's definitely would be the worst comic book we've ever seen. 
That's both. It was structured to piece. It was, it, it was puzzle pieces that didn't go in the right order. I didn't feel joy. You're trying to put it squares didn't around joy holes. in me, Dan, when I watched it. That's also the biggest issue. It is one of the most joyless movies I've ever seen. No one was having fun. Mm-hmm. No one was having fun. You can tell that everyone was just like, oh, man, if this was Snyder, it would be different. What do you think of the mustache thing? Is it as bad as people say? Man, I thought people were just joking around. And I remember two <laughs> years ago when you when you recorded it in theaters. I remember you I was, recorded I it. I was livid. Like I said, two, year, two years removed and talking about it in chats for two years. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm removed for it. But yeah, you can remember how livid. I was very upset. When he had it recorded on his phone and he was trying to show me how bad it was in his phone because you, are, you have a degree in graphic design. You're, yeah. You went to college for it. So I did, I you did. can tell a botch job. And it was just like, you know what? this is like, I shouldn't be able to notice this. Like the layman, the layman that doesn't make movies shouldn't be able to be like, did they mess up something there? Like what, so what's I, going on? There? I, I finally saw it in all of its glory, not on a phone, not on a Kindle. I saw it on the TV and big screen and all of its glory. And oh my God, it was so bad. I was laughing. I wasn't angry. I wasn't hurt or offended. It was just so bad. All you can do is just cathartically laugh. Yeah. Because the jaw was just so animated the lips are like saturated into the skin like there was no (laughs) pigment of the lips at all like and then the way the mouth was moving oh he looked like superman had a stroke yeah it was just unnatural he looked like superman had a stroke it was bad it was so bad the only saving grace of that movie is literally batman and aquaman yeah and aquaman just works aquaman just works because of the whole bro aqua bro thing right like just like my man and Bruce Wayne. It's because of we we all know the jokes that Aquaman has suffered from Family Guy, from Robot Chicken, from The Simpsons, from any cartoon, any pop culture show has yeah. all made fun of all made fun of Aquaman in any way. So when you give me the Atlantean King Arthur Curry, doesn't matter how he looks, I don't care. I'm not. I don't care if it's played by a Samoan. I don't care if it's played by a Chinese. As long as you give me that that. That stand-up thug Arthur Curry, the man that holds the the Triton. Well, you it has to be somebody. The, yeah, it has to be somebody that you would kind of feel or believe, har- like literally has harnessed all the power of the seventies. <laughs> like, oh, one hundred percent. Jason Momoa does that. Yeah, on a whim, he could just you know release the Kraken. That's the kind of person that you 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 want there. I, I heard early um early ideas for Aquaman were Paul Walker. Which I Oof. guess if you're going blonde, Arthur Curry, that's not that bad, right? Nah, even even Jeff John's new 52, Arthur Curry, don't look like Paul Walker. <laughs> but even the comics are moving more and more towards Momoa. Like, he's getting tats and longer hair. I'm and glad, beards. because you know what? Trident, to me, King Trident would be like a Mediterranean, long-haired, chiseled god. Look at Little Mermaid. Yeah. That, that King Trident wasn't white. That King Trident had, like, peach skin skin tone he was like mediterranean i don't even understand how like light and pigmentation work on the water like that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother you think you're scientists because uh, i have absolutely <laughs> no clue how how any of that works uh, my suspension of disbelief is a little high so i'm just gonna i'll just leave it at however anybody <laughs> wants to do it i guess the question is you know the room so snyder has been cheekily 
like they, they've been talking about this like it's like the chronic too like he's been cheekily um posting pictures that we've never of of scenes we've never seen saying that they're from the Snyder cut he's gotten people to um actors the actors in it to kind of push the narrative of release the Snyder Cut it's become this hashtag that's gotten so crazy that when I was at Comic-Con New York Comic-Con last year I was pulled to the side and asked about the Snyder Cut I was given a pamphlet by a man who had a sign that said release the Snyder Cut you showed me the pamphlet I did show you the the Snyder Cut I showed you the pamphlet because it had a bunch of quotes from like oh it exists um, you know, I've stop seen letting it, people, I've yeah, stop it, letting yeah. people tell you it doesn't. Stop, stop not asking for it. All those things. Um, so, so if there is, if there, is, bro, this is like finding like the lo- the Ark of the Covenant. You know, like. But the thing is, this is like finding so, the original page in the Holy Bible. So, like, he would post pictures. He, I think, he, there's an actual picture of the film reel that purports to be the Snyder cut. Like, he took a picture of the film reel. You know, like he, he's just. Oh my he's god, like, he's he has a reel to reel of it. Yeah, so he's and and I think they he showed a picture of him like with his feet up in his own private movie theater, I guess in his home, watching I'm assume, I'm assuming to be the Snyder cut. The but the reason why See, my thing is is I love this man. I do. Snyder? I can I, I when it comes down to who, who how he personally is, okay, it, it a lot of his quotes are tongue in cheek. You know, you got to you got to take what you can get, I guess. You know, people are going to be assholes if they want to be assholes. Yeah. I'm still a fan of Dan Harmon. Is this, so a, is, this a dream, is, is this a comment on the dream world uh, <laughs> comments it, that he made? It's more of a comment that like, he is one of the most, he's one of my most beloved hated directors. Because the man just, he had, there was, before his daughter, before the whole thing with his daughter, there was just always something about him that he seemed like he was always on his own high horse. And you don't have critical praise like that to be on your high horse. You only have these like cult following you, what's, love. what's like, actually I love weird though what's actually weird is that besides Dawn of the Dead and Sucker maybe Sucker Punch I don't know about Sucker Punch too much but a lot of the movies that he's known for are comic book movies 300's a comic book yeah you know? Watchmen 300 Superman BBS you understand what I'm saying so it's like um, people people criticize he's like a, his... an established comic book director that's the thing that's what's weird about it he's he's in the to, realm to of, those, of to those who books. don't know comic book movies in a way Right, because I think yes. like right now you'd look at probably um, the Russos, and and like they would represent people who kind of got it, right? Who kind of got yeah. But how many movies did the Russos direct if that were comic book movies compared to how many Snyder did that were comic book movies? Snyder well, does Russos have. Are, I think he has a lot of them. The Russos are at four, I think. They have two. They have two. Um, two Avengers, Avengers and, and two, two Caps and two Captain Americas. Yeah. So and four, Snyder um, has uh, um, 300, Watchmen, Man of Steel, BVS. He has five, I want to say, right? And then I guess you would say half of Justice League? Yeah, four and a half? Around four and a half. Yeah. So they're basically tied for establishing themselves as comic book directors. But I think and they one to probably direct had specifically a... that one studio. Yes. Snyder has only done DC Image. Right. The Russos have only done... Marvel Studios. And the idea initially when a lot of us heard that Whedon was coming in to, you know, patch things up is like, oh, oh that's the that's the Avengers guy. Like, okay, so he got Avengers to Which a billion. Which is what they did with James Gunn with Suicide Squad. That's the Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Yeah, yeah. We need a ragtag group that people like, so get the guy who's good at making ragtag groups. Jeff like Hare did the first Suicide Squad so close to Guardians of the Galaxy, even down to the 
you know, but having that person talk about their power sets. But David Ayer is another one who will tell you that the film that came out was not his. He's another one that's like, oh, I, like, I'm glad you like it, but that's not what I shot. Like, they basically took my film from me. And this is getting, it, and you know, I'm it's honestly a DC getting thing. It's a little a DC ridiculous thing. of it. It's a DC it's not thing just more a than DC a thing because they also did it on Marvel. They did it to to Lord and Miller with Solo, and well, they no, did that's, it with Edgar that's Wright Star Wars. With, with Ant Man. That's Star Wars, and Ant Man was two thousand and what? But it's still a DC. Thirteen. Uh, I mean, sorry, it's still a Disney studio thing. It's like a specifically, it's these studios that Warner get Brothers, talented, the bigger, stylish yeah. directors. It's Warner Brothers. That's you know, my issue. They, they get they. Um, I think, and the pressure is even put more on DC now that it is perceived that they are behind, right? Like that's the that's the um, public perception in the terms of creating this universe. Like they oh, were yeah. already late to the party, DC's and then in trying to in trying to rush, they seemingly made it worse, kind of. <laughs> um, and now, you know, people are kind of looking at them sideways, and we we still have the occasional, you know. A hit like Joker, Wonder Woman, Shazam was fine. Aquaman was great. Um, but I guess what I'm asking is, recently, it's been said like almost like less than a week ago, Snyder sat down with a bunch of WB executives and showed them his Snyder cut. And now, all over the internet, people are talking about whether or not it, we're looking at a release soon. So the big thing that Warner Brothers is unveiling or that is coming out, it's been unveiled already is HBO Max. And so um there's been shows already greenlit to go to HBO Max from DC once all the once all this is said and done. And one of the things people had been um theorizing for a long time was if we saw this Snyder cut, it would probably be a day one DC Ma- uh, HBO Max thing. Like it would be the thing to entice us the same way Mandalorian was the thing to entice us to um uh, DC Universe. So with this thing being shown supposedly, and with now people in the Warner Brothers putting their thumbs up on prob- possibly releasing this thing, two questions. Are you excited for the potential released Snyder Cut? And second, do you think it has the power, the mythical power, right, to undo um, your feelings on the original Justice League film? See, you worded it, you, you caught yourself with the wording at the end. Yes, uh, um, if if there is a Snyder Cut and it's released, depending on how good it is, it can erase my feelings towards Justice League. Okay. But it still won't erase the fact that that movie exists. Right. That's the issue. I still had to see that movie first. I had to, we all had to see that movie first. That's the movie that the studios thought was good enough to get our money. Yeah. And the it thing wasn't. is, they DC definitely shouldn't, or Warner Brothers, whoever's making these decisions, I really, really, really don't want them to get into that freaking habit. Because we got B- Batman versus Superman with, with seemingly key narrative scenes cut from it, only to be presented to us in an ultimate cut. So yeah, I've paid my money for my ticket. I've seen the film. I don't like the film. Now I have to pay my money for the movie again in hopes that the additional information can make my uh, enjoyment That's bigger. the issue. We have to pay again for the same movie that like, that came from the uh, a vision of one guy. Yeah. And the if thing this is, didn't what work about, with BVS, what makes you think it's going to work with Justice League? What about those who have hardened their stance, right? 
Like there's obviously been those that maybe kind of dug the film and as more as the heat started to pour in, they're like, no, you know what? I like this film. I unapologetically like Justice League and it's my film. Hey, anybody then, that likes Justice League can like Justice League. hundred you know, percent. But I'm what happens to, then so when, an, what happens when another, you understand what I'm saying? The original intended film comes out. What does that do to those who like the original film? What is that? You know. Oh, oh. So you're saying, what if someone watches the Snyder cut and doesn't like the Snyder cut right. as much as they love the Justice League one, like right? The original right. Justice League. Or, or how much they convinced themselves? Right? There's been enough time to convince yourself that this is we're not getting another one, so this might as well love the one we have. And so, what happens when those fans who are who are always told, "Oh, don't even worry. There's never going to be a Snyder cut. Just you know, enjoy the movie we got." Now, oh yeah, by the way, here's the <laughs> here's the original film as intended. That's, that, that's like me and you going to a restaurant and we both order steak and our steak both doesn't come out how we want and then you decided to get it taken back and I decided to eat the whole thing. But then when you get your steak, now your steak looks delicious. Your steak looks amazing. A hundred percent. But I've that's already convinced that's myself exactly that what this it is. No, well yeah. done steak is delicious. <laughs> right. Too yep. bad it's rubbery. I had to wait. I had to wait for mine, but I got it out exactly how I wanted, exactly how the chef intended. Now I have to convince myself to this whole time that I'm eating that this over well done gray rubber shoe tasting steak <laughs> is delicious, and you don't know what you're talking about. Right? Oh, I know what I'm talking. About. Oh God, it's gonna it, it's gonna get terrible. It's yeah. gonna get terrible because the thing about the the BVS uh, uh, Ultimate Cut is, yeah, they took out key scenes and added those key scenes back, but it's not like these key scenes overall did anything to anybody's enjoyment. What was it? You get to see one two-second clip of Batman grabbing somebody in the LexCorp or instead of Superman watching something about Batman, he's watching something about himself on the news. Like, well, in the BBS one, like, one, of gonna... the, one of the things was that like after, the, after that explosion in the courtroom, you see Superman flying people out. You know, as opposed oh, yeah. to just looking sad and leaving. <laughs> Which is what he does but in the regular does, BVS to film. Me it still like, does nothing. It's like, well, a lot of dead people here, and they probably gonna think it's me. I'm gonna get out of here real quick. The only way you're you're saving Justice League is if it's not five different tones. If it's not five different movies in one. And the thing is, I I'm a little bit less optimistic because, in my opinion, um, Snyder's DC universe is incredibly creative, but it's not. I wouldn't like it's it to go yours. down as the definitive. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't like it to go down as the definitive DC universe. I would be very um, upset <laughs> if that was the case. Like, I his he got his Superman, he got his Batman, and he well, he didn't get his Wonder Woman, but you got what I'm saying. Like, those are his versions of those characters, and they meld perfectly together. But I could sit here and doll out a laundry list of things that I think are not only wrong, but because they're wrong now, we'll we'll just. Uh, things they're gonna trip up with on, in the future, you know. Like how you start DC, how do you start your Justice League with the death of Superman? Like how do you like with and Doomsday and all that shit? Like what? Yep, very weird. Um, but that yeah, hopefully that'll be coming soon. So that's my thing is that I ultimately I have no excitement for it. I really don't care. Like I'm, I'll probably watch it if I find a pirated uh, stream for it. I'll probably watch it. I mean, the, as far the, as the press goes, is there, right? The press is there for this. This is something that a lot of people have been waiting for, so I completely get that. It's just, I just, there's so many. Entertainment is vast. Media is amazing. There's so many great comic book movies, so many great comic book shows, so many great comic books that I can read that I don't have to hold my breath waiting for some 
ultimate cut of Justice League just because it's our first Justice League movie. You know what? If the if the first movie was a fail, all that is is lessons for next time. Yeah. I don't think the first Avengers movie was a, a knockout masterpiece. I don't think it's the greatest I thing definitely, since String Cheese. I definitely didn't think the second one, second one was. So that even no, goes to show you that after a layup, yeah. you can still, you know, fumble. Even though those are two completely we didn't different get our first, <laughs> it, We didn't get our first good Avengers. Like, I'm talking, we didn't get our first masterpiece Avengers movie that we all expected until the third one. By the fourth, it became an event. Yeah. We had to sit through two either half on the bench fans, half off the bench fans, or just a straight up maligned Avengers movie. And then you also had that, um, what you call it, the, uh, what people call Avengers 2.5, which was Civil War, you know, which is my favorite Marvel movie uh, because it was the first time it felt like everyone was being used and everyone was on the team. So, like, can Snyder, can Snyder Cut do that? Has we gone to, have we gotten to a point where we've been so so divorced from it for so long that it's impossible for it to reach the, the, the you know, the mythical um, legend that's in our heads, which Dude, I think is for some I don't even people. have two hours and four, I don't even have two hours and 15 minutes in total scenes in my head trying to remember Justice League. That's how just bored I was. Of, and then in the you closet, that Russian family. This, Probably not. <laughs> Running from a single Mostly I remember just from Batman. House. I remember Batman going around gra- gathering everybody. Yeah. I remember uh, saving people in, in that uh, sewer. And I remember the end and they fight being Superman. really in red. They fight Superman. You don't remember when they took Superman's yeah, they fought- body, when they, when they unearthed his corpse. And um, they were like, Flash, why aren't you doing this faster? And he's like, it might be disrespectful. So he took their time to undig Superman from his grave and... Uh, Put the body into some. Yeah, alien I remember that fight. That fight. That, that fight should have lasted either longer or should have gone a lot more. Like consequences wise, he should have like ripped off one of Victor's arms, and his father would have to like. Man, it, that would have been cool. It, like rip Victor <laughs> apart and then have a, a scene with him and his father talking. Supposedly, that might be in the cut. Talking. That might be in the Snyder cut. You know that he was the he was like, the actual look, third mother box. He is the third mother box that they need. Look so. at the way we got uh, Cyborg in Doom Patrol. That's my favorite goddamn cyborg. That yeah. cyborg, is, the, the relationship with him and his father, it's like, it's an estranged love, but it's still love. He still looks out for him, but he's looking out for him because he's a weapon and he's trying to make sure he doesn't go evil, but he also wants to make sure his son can live a normal life. Like, there's so many heartfelt moments between Stone and his father. In they even Doom had Patrol. a better, they even had a better cyborg in Young Justice, which I just finished, you know going through that young that 13 they have better cyborg in teen titans from 2003 well you know speaking like well that's another thing at the end of this at the end of the justice league i don't know if you remember but you have joe maganello there as deathstroke and then you have uh a bold jesse eisenberg saying they're gonna make a league of their own (laughs) yeah i laughed my ass uh it could be the injustice league or it could be the legion of doom uh which i'd imagine be the legion of doom that's getting unless they're gonna try and bring out like Victor Vandal Savage from TV, right? The light, but yeah, seemingly they were pointing for the to the Legion of Doom, and regardless of whether or not we ever see that evil team in you know on the cinematic silver screen, Doom is still coming because the Doom Patrol is coming back June twenty fifth, season two. I cannot freaking wait. That song is gonna play, and I'm just gonna feel wrapped. In a in a cocoon. Oh my love. god! You're finally going to be able to hear that song and not know what the episode is. Yep. 
and that is this man spent a couple on. of weeks showing me this show and he yeah. borrowed his dvd of it like, i went back to it and we watched it again it's freaking awesome it's so good i i still pick up um it like you can hear me smiling talking about it that's how much i love this show uh and there wasn't any word on it i we finished it roughly around this time last year i want to say it was the episode that we came out with reviewing it actually came out like may one. i think or like march or yeah. something like that and um, and so it's been about a year with no news. I think the only thing that I know is that Alan Tudyk is supposedly not in it. Uh, what? Which, no yeah, Tudyk? That's a, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a thing. I think he was filming something, which makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm no definitely I'm definitely gonna miss him. But Robot Man is there, man. As long as Brendan Fraser's there. Uh, Yo, as long as Brendan Fraser's there, as long as Crazy Jane is there, I got Matt it. Bomber. Got Rita my boy Larry. Like I mean, we're gonna see Rita Far again. Like they all go and talk again and be ridiculous, talking about oh, each other's man. must and touch it. Uh, Flex Dude, and Tallow. You know what the <laughs> best part about this whole season too is that, like, all right, this whole season one, they spent building up this kind of crazy, out of the box type of show. Yeah, but it also had this one overarching villain throughout the entire thing. Right. Maybe they can get a little bit more crazy with this and just give us like you know anthology episodes episodes that doesn't have to be continuation that just give us adventures give us fun times i'll yeah. take larry singing and cooking everybody breakfast <laughs> for 20 minutes like dude, i just want to see my guys again i miss I, all of my teams i definitely agree and i would even go so far as to say that um it's kind of funny because they they found a way to kind of sprinkle that in season one as well right because while we were looking for mr nobody you know we still got the the creator the decreator and the recreator we still got the the beard hunter you know we still got animal oh my vegetable, god animal the, vegetable the Whisker, admiral whiskers admiral, Whis- Ad- admiral whiskers the animal vegetable mineral man um with the raptor head <laughs> you know like <laughs> all, all um aiding and abiding he got arrested for <laughs> like we, we had episodes ridiculous. inside snow globes like i just, just I, I just can't wait bro and the thing is it's it's supposed it's coming to hbo max as well on June 25th. So that would be interesting. So is DC just working out a deal with the Warners where they can keep their app and just everybody just has everything? Yeah, but I don't know how that makes sense money-wise for them. Eventually, one of these is going to have to fold, and I'm assuming it's not going to be HBO Max. Um, but we'll see. Because Swamp Thing's also been picked up by CW. There's- I'm... I'm... Bro, you think you're smiling right now. My cheeks is ear to ear. I am so happy i'm getting a season to a swamp thing like i want to cry i'm happy right that now. we pick i'm happy that we tackled it we didn't have to and you know it i'm was... so happy we tackled it too even if we even at that point that we that those the future was it wasn't it was even canceled. like it was open in the air it was <laughs> no, like we, we knew. knew it was canceled yeah it was that was gone. it there was no it was picked up in the future we just knew it was canceled and i still had fun with it i loved everything about swamp thing and the reason happy. why i'm so excited about that is because at least we knew that we were going to get a season two of all of these shows. Yeah. So now out of nowhere that just, I saw the news that this show got picked up for its second season. Second, not even that they're rebooting the show. It's going to be a second season. So we're going to get Floronic man. We're going to get more Abby. Well, I'm assuming they're going to try it. They're going to try it out with season one first. Cause they did the same thing. Similarly with uh, Harley Quinn is currently playing on sci-fi on TV right now. I'm like, they putting it. They're they're going to put season one on TV. Yeah. I, I just don't yeah. know when or how. And I also, you know, you saw the show. It's incredibly gory. 
There's a lot of body oh, yeah. horror there. I don't know how much of that is going to remain. All right. Well, I did a lot of uh, research on the FCC stuff because I just, for my own head, I needed to know how Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead got away with F words and stuff. Yeah. And it's it's not that it's like fully stricted and forbid. It, it also all works with how the networks feel. Okay. If a network specifically doesn't want this kind of stuff on their air they doesn't matter what the fcc allows they won't air it and it's the same so it's t- the same network that's showing vampires right vampire diaries and all that kind of shit yeah this is the same network showing vampire diaries and the originals so it's also on like time frame think of it when we were kids what time did we go to bed eight o'clock yeah eight nine yeah. eight o'clock eight thirty like you know by seven thirty, tv was all, uh, we were watching our last show brushing our teeth going to bed so, like, if they manage to put this show at, like, 9, 9.30 at night on, like, like a Thursday, I'm pretty sure that the, the demographic they're looking to watch this show would be able to watch this show and get away with a lot of the James Wan body horror. Okay. Because that, especially that first episode, is a lot of That first lot scene, of that first scene with the freaking, with, where they're at the boat? Yeah, where, the go, where they go to visit the guy at the boat. Even when they went to go visit the guy at the boathouse, the Not, one that got away, oh, and it yeah, turned out yeah. he like threw up that whole tree. My whole thing that I'm looking at is the freaking episode where um, the guy thinks that there's a snake on his forearm. Oh, and he starts stabbing the oh, shit out of his forearm with like a kitchen knife. When I saw that shit, I was like, I believe in whatever God <laughs> there needs to be to make sure that that never happens to me. You can even go as far as like... Um, Swamp Thing's autopsy is pretty fucking gory. Even if it's supposed to be moss and root and trees, like th- this guy is really dissecting kidneys and there's lungs. A level, yeah, there, there's definitely a level of like cosmic horror there. Like there's definitely a level of like, oh my god, we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yeah, like you can't even show you know like rats getting run over like on TV. Like there, there's still. It's and still, it's not if, like if people look at it as like a person. There's also not like there's a bunch of light in that show. Either right, oh, no, it's completely there's green. nobody it's like else. Dark green. There's nobody else like lightening up the mood. I guess you could say blue demons to saying some funny things, but besides that, there's not really much going on in that sense. Um, but there will be some light coming soon because one of your favorite shows, a, a favorite here at the Major Issues Podcast, is coming back. Umbrella Academy, I July thirty first, and they did it in the most. Um, they announced it in the most Umbrella Academy way ever. In the in the single way that that. In, or sorry, re- recreating the single scene that made me go, you know what? <laughs> this show. Maybe this, this is show, show is actually pretty good. This is the show. Um, they did their little dance, so I, I think, think we're, we're alone, now. alone now. And they try to recreate the same thing. choreography from that scene. I like, saw they all that remembered. Video. Yeah, they were doing it on like a Zoom call or whatever, or like, or they were just recording themselves. And well, the thing is, like, a lot of them were recording themselves, but like, obviously, Klaus couldn't record himself because he's like dancing around with like a <laughs> like a urn or something. Because that's what he was doing in the first episode. He had his dad's urn, and they were all dancing around in the house. And you know what's so brilliant about that video of, of announcing it? Like they weren't in the same room in right. that scene either. Exactly, they were in a in a sense social distancing. Like yeah. you know, they were. It, it's not like they were all dancing together, so it'd be like they have to recreate it 
into the times that we're living in right now. No, it was, they were literally all in a different part of the house. Well, excuse me for getting excuse me for getting deep with it, but it's it's exactly that. It's it's almost tragic because obviously they all wanted to dance and they all liked the song, but they're not. They don't feel comfortable enough so, with each oh, other. Man. Yeah, they don't feel comfortable enough with each other, so they have to retreat to their own separate worlds and but party. They're still in their the same worlds. because you know we all still have similarities more than differences. Exactly. Our father just died, and we just want to dance. Yep. Yep, we, and we all and like this song. We're all born song the same day. They're all the same age. Alone. They're all the same yeah, age. Basically. So they all, you know, like that was a banger when they all thought it was a banger. It's not a situation of like, oh, I don't get that. Like they all, they were all down like, for no, it. No, we all grew up in the 80s together. We were, we literally have the same birthday. Same taste, same stuff like that. Uh, so that's oh, amazing. Oh man, I, I'm so happy that this show is coming back. That ended wait. with the end, that ended seemingly with the apocalypse. So who knows what the hell is up next? Uh, oh, I even show. read Dallas to get to get ready for it. Any hints? Uh, I think da- it's it's like half in the box. Like yeah, like they they follow like number five story mainly. Like number five story is the one that really continues. Everything else is like it's like all time travelly. It's pretty weird. I have to finish it. I read like a couple. I think like four issues. Yeah, I think of grab- Dallas. They grabbed them all up at the end of that, right? Uh, five, and they went somewhere. Yeah. And they went to, that, that, that the, the world is blown up and they went back in time. That was it. Right, but I don't know. They, they, like they didn't back. specify where. So we'll find that out, I guess. Season two? So season two, they might be behind in, back in time. Oh, man, those are going to be so Back in good. time. I got to play that song. <laughs> uh, everybody's back. And you know who's back? You know who's, who's back. back in town? Who's back in town? Boys are back in town. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the boys are coming back, too. Um, the boys. Do they have a release I date yet? Wait. Because they've been teasing. They've been, like, updating a lot of their stuff recently, like, on a daily basis. They just basis. keep saying 2020. Yeah, on a daily just... I think we got it. But I think we got news, like, late last year that they wrapped. Um, so that season should be in the can for all intents and purposes. Intents and purposes. Yeah, because the show came out, what, July? Of last year, I want to and, say. Yeah, around last year, around the summertime. Yeah. And then near the end of 2019, they were just said that they wrapped. Wrapped? You guys had two seasons in the in the, in the the can already? That's, an, uh, that's another big thing. You know, with Doom Patrol um, coming out on the 25th, Doom Patrol will be releasing an episode every week. But when Umbrella Academy drops, it's dropping the whole season. Same with the boys. Yeah, same right, right? with the boys. It and would I, be dropping one bingeable season. Yeah, and I think that that, to me, honestly, changes the dynamic of those shows. You know, waiting every yeah. week for something as opposed to binging. You can almost make it one whole movie if you wanted to in one sitting. Um, well, that's the beauty about choice is you can if you truly if you truly miss that dynamic of oh I want the expectancy I want the cliffhanger you can't stop at any moment. Yeah. No yeah. one's telling you to bin to sit there for eight hours and watch, or ten hours because these episodes are going to be in ten. Yeah. No one's going to tell you to sit there for ten hours and watch an entire season. You can wake up, watch one episode, and then go about your day for the next couple of days, and then go back. And very Just similar. Has, to, no, let's say very similar very to similar comic quest. books. You get to a point where some of those cliffhangers on those episodes slash issues aren't really cliffhangers. You know, they're they're there to make you question and be curious. But then when you turn the page, it's like, oh no, everyone's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like the, that last thing, like I'd be like, oh, is he dead? And then to be continued, and then you turn to the next page, and it's like, well, no, so like, he's fine. Like the, the first episode of the boys, the first yeah. episode of the boys, the whole time, the way everybody, the way it, it's structured, you're thinking Homelander is the only good one. Right. The whole time, the way everybody speaks of him, he's just some 
no drinking, no smoking, you know, schoolboy, boy scout type deal. By the end of the episode, he kills a man and his son in, the, in that airplane crash. Yes. You can go back. You, you don't have to watch the next episode. You can stay there and think about the, oh, my God, what's that next episode going to look like? Huey and, and Butch got, got um, what's his face in the trunk of their car. This guy just took down a plane. What's going to happen? You know, you don't have to continue to binge if you wanted to feel that way. Yeah. But most of us are not going to do that. Most of us are going to binge at least three, four episodes and then go about our day. <laughs> like normal, right? Four hours of a TV show. <laughs> well, I mean, I watched, the, I watched the first season of The Boys right then and there. I woke up at like 10 o'clock in the morning and I, and I was on Amazon because I wanted to watch something, and I saw the boys, and it was like Superman with the laser beams, and it was like, but it was like a spray painted into like this gray brick backdrop wall, and, and the the boys was like spray painted. I'm like, huh, what is this? No one told me about it. Not you, not Thomas, not Gregory, yeah. I mean, not Jonathan. Nobody told me about this show. So I'm just like, let me just throw this on, and then I hit you guys up like, yo, this is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. What the fuck? Yeah, I sat for eight bananas. hours and I watched the entire season. I like, read yo, those comics. Those comics are crazy too. Night, it's stuff of nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, nightmare fuel. Really, really. Dwell. I can't wait for Black Noir to you, get. Yeah, you can see. You can see is. some of the. I mean, they're probably gonna pick up some of those plot points in season two. And they're gonna get just as dark and gritty, so I'm I'm excited. We'll see, Billy. I Butcher just hope they do they do justice to Black Noir. Yes, that's it. I just hope I, I just they hope they give us the Black market. Noir from the comics. Yeah, they got to. They got to have that as like the big Mjolnir hammer drop for yo. You think this guy's just in the background walking around? No, get ready to see the biggest piece of shit. In <laughs> Um, how are you feeling about this 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 uh, response or this? I guess not a rumor, but the new news that's come out that Robert Pattinson says he's not working out for Batman. He's not. He doesn't want to work out. Oh man, he and, is uh, an idiot. He's an idiot. He doesn't want to set some sort of unreasonable standard for how he needs to. Be no physically. one is, bro. If okay, if I'm a director and I'm looking for a character to play a crackhead. Some crackhead, junkie, hippie-looking homeless man, and I go to you, Robert Pattinson, and I say I need you to play a crackhead, junkie, hippie, homeless man. I'm not expecting you to be buff like a WWE wrestler, bro. You're not. You're not setting some unrealistic standard for the rest of being type. You're not looking to be typecasted as a gym buff guy. Fine, but no, no one is expecting that of you. We're expecting you to be big because you're a fucking superhero. Yeah, you're a comic book character. You are Batman. The man that knows like 120 martial arts, the man who's a master strategist and escape artist and, and all of this stuff. Like, you have to be buff to play this role. Otherwise, maybe even I, who's been defending you since the beginning, is wrong about you. So there's two schools of thought. First is the probably the most obvious one, which is he could just be lying. Right, like he could just be trolling people. He could just get like everyone so worked up so. in a lather that people have to see how he looks. And once that happens, the Batman becomes a billion dollar movie. But um, the second part of that is this narrative that I think, if you're a Batman fan that you have, which is like, you should bless your lucky stars if you're chosen to be Batman. Uh, most most comic book fans will feel that way, right? So it's like if all that, that is asked any comic of you, book character. right? If all that is asked of you to play this legend is to do a little bit of working out so that you look the part, then that should that you're lucky. Like that's look like, at Chris Pratt. You get to be Batman look forever. Look at Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec season four 
to playing Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill. Look at the look at the body transformation that man went through. Or even Paul Rudd, who's in his fifties. Camille Nanjiani. And he's playing a character I don't even who's know. Who's a comedian? <laughs> he's playing who's a character a I don't even comedian? know in the Eternals. And he's like, you know what? I need amps for this. Like, look at all the all of the people that feel that they were blessed with the opportunity to take over a comic book character in the age of superhero movies. At the end of the day, this is the age of superhero movies, thanks hugely in part to the MCU. So if all you need to do is put some abs and pecs on your body to, to wear the cape and cow, bro, no one's asking you to do all the choreography. You could probably even get a stuntman. We just need you to be buff Wayne. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. That's all we need. How do you feel? Do we ever talk about England being a uh, Bruce Wayne? Oh, uh, I think we did because we covered Titan season two. So I definitely was talking. And this is at the height of my Game of Thrones love. How so did you feel? How do you feel about that? I, I think he's one of the best Bruce Waynes I've ever seen. <laughs> really? That's a bold ass statement. Remember, remember, there, it's not Batman. I'm not calling him the best Batman we've ever seen because I've never seen him in that in the cape and cow right, right. rocking it. Uh-huh. I'm just talking about the persona he has to play Bruce Wayne, the billionaire philanthropist. Yeah. Especially a grizzled old this is this is the old man grizzled Batman beyond Bruce Wayne that we're all thinking about. So anybody else that would play that role would have ended up being loved for it. Kevin Conroy was wearing a bodysuit and he was loved for it, you know, like this guy was playing an old Bruce, and I think he did it better than than Affleck's old Bruce. Like I'm talking a battle. Yeah, he was party. very upset. <laughs> Affleck. He was a very upset. Yeah, Affleck was just very. He, he was great in his performance, but if we're talking old man Bruce, like in the wheelchair, gray hair man, Ian Glenn. Oh, oh my man. He was. He did. He was one of my favorite Bruces. I just buy his like. The way he was talking to to Robin, the way he was talking to Dick, I buy that like energy between them, that chemistry between them. That listen, you're gonna be near your thirties. I'm not babying you anymore. Oh, like an older father who's kind of over the whole like like prissy child. You're not the boy wonder, and yeah, he's like, you're not the boy wonder anymore. You're not eight. You're not even eighteen. I can't keep continue to baby you if you're gonna take on my mantle one day. Like this is a Bruce who was preparing Dick Grayson to take the mantle of Batman. So if if in some Titans episode, if we ever get him in that Batman costume, even if it's for an for one arc, mm-hmm. it's because it was deserved. It was earned with that chemistry between those two characters. Mm. Yeah, and like I, is, I completely buy that. And that's the whole thing that you have to do. It it's it's so crazy when you enact when you become some of these characters that you have to have this innate chemistry with some of these people as if they are your family members because we need bruce to look at robin like a child you know we need superman and batman to look at each other like brothers that just can't agree on you know what color to paint the room but they both know they love the room you know it's it's stuff like that like you need that that kind yeah, of but chemistry. this is what also annoys me with the fan base and has nothing to do with the it's the fan base because right there you're saying these are these are um like moments that we expect every time we see these two characters so why is it when every time Raph and Leonardo are are at odds with each other, everyone rolls their eyes? Like, oh, we're still here. We're still doing oh, I I've always liked it. And I, I actually think that it's one of those things. It's almost like a, 
a christening, like a like a baptism. Like your turtles are yes. not the turtles unless <laughs> Roth and uh, and Leo get into a big spat. Because like, once again, like I said it on the on the that podcast episode, they're teenagers. Yeah. Teenagers, babies, you turn <laughs> them into baby. I just remember that, that voice acting for that. Babies, you turn them into babies. <laughs> You're very upset, Shredder. He's a very upset man. Oh, man. Uh, but when it comes to those familial feelings, we got to talk about the main event here tonight, which is... Over here, we're at the main event yeah, tonight. Yeah, it's the Stargirl pilot. Star girl. Oh man. Oh, oh I'm s i am I don't know why and I'm still trying to figure it out, but I'm in love with this show so far. <laughs> um, I'm in love with it. This was a show that I believe was announced last year. A lot of people didn't know how it was gonna happen, where it was going to be. Um and there's a lot of people that's not too familiar with the character of Stargirl. Um and so, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I I've know. only seen her on Justice League Unlimited. I saw her in Legends of Tomorrow, and I'm aware of the Justice Society of America. Um, I know that the series itself is created by Jeff Johns. I know you're a big I, fan I, I of. love it. I love that he's the showrunner and he wrote the first episode. Like it was just, and it had his name all over it. Just the way the characters were reacting to each other, the way the chemistry was, the writing, everything just had John's name on it, and it was just a treat. So. I'm just going to give you this, and you react how you want. Courtney Elizabeth Whitmore, as you know, is the main character of this show, known as Stargirl. Um, and both Courtney and Stargirl were created by Jeff Johns and uh, Lee Motor, who appears in American comic books published by DC. The character's name, appearance, and personality were, partner, uh, were patterned after Jeff Johns' sister, Courtney, who died in the explosion of the TWA Flight 800 in 1996. No way. That's so This is sad. his tribute to his little sister. That's so... That... God damn it. I'm going to end up <laughs> loving this show so much. I figured you'd, li you'd like that, that cut there. That's so beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So the character it's herself debuts in October of 2003 um, as Stargirl. But um, you see the character... Courtney first in July of 1999, but yeah, credited for the as a co-creator is Jeff Johns, and so yeah, man, she's she's supposed to be the second generation of Starman, um, using the cosmic rod that he had, and that's basically the, and then she has a big robot psychic called Stripe, Stars and Stripes, you know, um, and yeah. that all patriotic and whatnot, but. A lot of that character's um, background is tied to the Justice Society of America. For those of you who don't know, this is an older version of the Justice League used with Golden Age characters. Um, a lot of people think that the Flash, Barry Allen, um, and you know Hal Jordan, characters like that have existed since as long as Batman and Superman. That's not true. Those characters no, came yeah. in the Silver Age. Um, before we had Barry Allen's Flash, we had Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick was the Flash, and Barry got his powers from lightning. Jay Garrick got it from experimenting with hard water. Wait, with you mean ice? No, they called it hard water. You mean ice? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> was, my man was doing experiments, all right, and that's how he got the Flash. The chemical, <laughs> some kind of weird chemical balance, and he got it that way. Um, and then you have 
Alan Scott's Green Lantern ring, which is magic, you know, and he wore a cape and, and things. He didn't, he, there was no core to my knowledge, you know, and then you have Hal Jordan coming in the Silver Age. I always thought the Green Lantern, or like the Golden Age design was pretty freaking weird, especially since like it was red and yellow. It looked like, not for nothing, but it looked like what Bob Kane drew for Batman. <laughs> it looked like they yeah, just really. took the design really and was like, you know what, we'll just use this for Green like Lantern. You sure you want to make his leotard red? Cape. Yeah, yeah, you can make it. His, his shirt is red and his cape is purple. I want to say his That's mask is like green or black or something. So it's, he's all over the so place. so weird. But that's where those characters, like Dr. Midnight, Our Man, that's where those characters come from. So I thought it was really Wild awesome. Wildcats. Yes. I thought it was really awesome that that's how the show starts. You see, that you see like 10 years ago, and you see um, Our Man, Luke Wilson. Am I getting that right? Yeah, man. They really started that, that the, the episode off with like people, heroes dying. I'm like, yo, why do, how, how many times am I going to get into the rotation that I'm watching something where people are dying? Like, so is that's just, one of the things you should it, talk about, about up front, right? The production values on the show is great. Oh, it's off the charts. They have Solomon all the Grundy money. looked amazing. Solomon Grundy money. looked like the size of the Hulk. I w- they were showing some ni- those night shots with her and the staff. And I'm like, this looks like a movie. Like, this looks like a film. Yeah. The budget on yeah, this. Yeah, like, it had that Shazam feel. Yeah. And it you get, really the, you get, that, you get that same feeling with most of the DC Universe shows. They're just really well made. Um... And so, oh, 100%. Swamp Thing's production value was, was out of this world. Doom Patrol's production value, out of this world. Even Titans was great. I mean, yeah, we only got to see Beast Boy change once, but... Rest or maybe peace, uh, twice. Wonder Girl. Yeah. We're not, not going to do this today. <laughs> we're not going to do this today. Uh, but speaking of resting in peace, basically, Pat Duggan, Luke Wilson, one of the main characters of this show, um, is, was trying to get a hold of Starman in his car. Starman played by the wonderful Joel McHale um, in, in a serendipitous uh, moment of coincidence because they just released the uh, table read for Community. So being able to see Joel McHale... Oh, they released the both of them the same day because the episode premiered yesterday. Holy hell. Yeah, um, the episode premiered yesterday. On DC? Because I was going to actually watch it I know they, I know they did one before the other. I want to say... I know DC's Universe has had it first. So if they debuted Stargirl yesterday on CW, then DC Universe did it on Monday. But uh, I think that's, that's, pretty in, that's a pretty good incentive, right? Oh, no, yeah. No, yeah um, DC, it premiered on the DC app on the 11th. That's oh, why wow. It was, it was, that's why it looked weird to me because like, when I put in Stargirl on Google... To see when it when it premiered, it said May eleventh, twenty twenty. But then when I went to scrolling, it showed. You know, you see like the episode lists and it gives the descriptions. Yeah, it said May eighteenth, twenty twenty. So I'm assuming that it premiered last night on the CW, and it premiered two weeks ago or a week and a half ago on the DC app. I know but they I, definitely know yeah like, they wanted they wanted the the DC app people to get it first so that it kind of oh no it, yeah it was like a few intensive. days ago yeah I think it was during the weekend oh, where I was scrolling the DC app. And I saw a star. Oh no! It was I was on YouTube, and I was watching. I don't know what the hell I was watching, but there was a trailer for it. And I just, just instead of skipping, I decided to actually watch the trailer of the show. And I'm like, wow, this show looks pretty damn good. And then I noticed, oh my god, Amy Smart, Luke Wilson, what is this show? Yeah. And then I just kept seeing like the advertisement for it on the DC app. Every time I clicked on it, I'm like, yo, I think it was like Sunday where I was like, I'm gonna watch this show. I'm just gonna just gonna watch it and then you hit me up today with this i'm like yo this is this is just the universe like telling me that i need to watch this show <laughs> and i, I, think, I, I think 
So, like, one of the main things that happens in this story is that is, is the move. That they move Stargirl. I think she originally lives in California. They move her to Nebraska. And Nebraska is the perfect state seemingly to create this small town golden age kind of look right like you have oh, the she's diners, gonna run into small eugene, towns uh, whatever his face is <laughs> yeah run into old eugene yes i think that it's perfect um that they're in a small town because it just makes it it, it looks all more classic um all of that so we have luke wilson he gets up with uh our boy uh, Joe McHale, Starman, and basically they're being overrun. I don't think that that evil group is named. Like they don't have a name as a group, but I know that aren't they the Injustice? They're not the, the Injustice Society, or whatever. They might be the Injustice Society. You have anything? Because that's the, what it was. I was getting on like the wiki and all that, or like um, IMDb. I think no, you're IMDb right. hundred percent. Like... It is the Injustice Society. It hundred percent is. So, um, the Injustice Society is attacking the Justice Society. There needs to be some more creativity when it comes to all that good stuff, guys. You can't just... Well, remember, these comics did come out in the 1960s where yeah, you had to have true. a certain guidelines of... There's also heroes an, an Injustice win, League. Villains need to lose. They have an Injustice League also. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, but, so, basically, everyone's dying everyone's dying except for Starman who's taking out everybody and just when it seems like he has Yo. defeated everyone um, he is stabbed with a dagger of ice in the chest and falls down to the floor you were saying? I can't believe they killed him off that early <laughs> I knew he was going to die because every promotional photo I saw of him in the suit was he was covered in blood <laughs> he was covered in dirt and blood so I was like this is the moment. This is the this is the abensur of it all, right? Um, and so, let's see. Yeah, he, they, uh, what's his face? Pat ends up getting the car, and so that they can take off because Solomon Grundy was uh, tasked with making sure that they were both dead. But they're able to get away in Pat's flying car, and they crash in the woods. And uh, Pat's talking to Starman, and Starman's like, listen, you need to make sure that the JSA lives on. And he's like, yeah, I totally will. He's like, no, not you. Just make sure that it happens. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, no, no, make sure the JSA continues to do what it does. But I'm not saying necessarily you need to be the new Starman. Um, so his dying words, he says that Pat is a good friend and that someone needs to carry the legacy and move on with it. And he has the cosmic staff, um, or he gives the cosmic staff to Pat, his friend. I wanted to give you a little background on our boy Sylvester Pemberton, which is who, that's who Joel McHale's playing. So the character was actually known as the Star Spangled Kid, or Skyman, depending on what you read. And it was created in 1941, and he had a sidekick called Stripesy. So, you know... 1941 is kind of a boom period for like patriotic superheroes because World War II. And uh, the Star Spangled Kid and his uh, sidekick Stripesy appeared on um, in Star Spangled Comics until 1941. So a good seven-year run. And then he ends up getting brought back eventually. His original origin was that uh, Sylvester himself became the Star Spangled Kid in order to battle Nazi spies. Um, during World War II. The original Sylvester was a spoiled, pampered, rich kid who snuck out of the house to fight crime. Um, and his sh family's chauffeur, Pat Duggan, is actually his sidekick. 
So he was unique in the fact that he was a kid with an adult psychic. But I think it's more of a like I gotta watch your. Yeah, I thought that was so weird in the die. show too. I was like, wait a minute, is he? Was he? Are you five years older than him, and you were his psychic, and like, you're fine with that? You're, yeah, that doesn't bother you. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they seem like more friends in the show than sidekicks or anything. But, uh, yeah. And that was his original moniker. What I found that was interesting is the show changed the character's name to Starman instead of Skyman or Star Spangled Kid. Um. When I looked up Starman, that's a moniker used by over nine different people in DC Comics. None of them are Sylvester Pemberton. (laughs) So they just kind of merged an old golden age hero with Starman and created this. Uh, So I thought that was interesting. Across Los Angeles, you got uh, Courtney Whitmore basically being told by her mother that her dad's not showing up. This is it's Christmas. She's very small, and uh, she says she wants to see her daddy, but her mom's like, uh, I understand, but ain't really nothing you can do. And I think that this sets up the mystery um, that I had to do some research on because there's a lot of weird uh, tonal shifts when it's discussed whether or not Joe McHale is her father. It should be a one-to-one confirmation, right? Starman yeah, died. But there is I, have no confirmation. The, I have the staff now. I don't know where my dad was. He might be Starman. But I think it it's intentionally played up as a mystery whether or not this is the case. And I think it was done. I so also in the would think it would be well. messed up if, you know, the dude decides to get with his partner or hero's like wife after he dies. Like, well the you know, biggest thing is his the biggest thing is his outright refusal to believe that it could be the same person, right? Yeah, like that like, doesn't sound like somebody like that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like it doesn't make sense to him, which is weird because it's like you were that dude's partner. How did you not know? Well, um, he also does have secret wives. So you know, basically, when we get to the future, um, or I guess the current day, the present day, we see that the family is moving. They're about to get out and move to Nebraska. Um, Courtney's upset. There's a lot of "You're not my father" going on, right? Uh, that usual teen angst. A lot of teen angst, and he has a son that's kind of hilarious, but he's a little bit over the move in general as well. They're moving to Blue Valley, Blue Valley, Nebraska. Um, did you see the action movers? Yeah, they had the Action Comics logo with action, and it was movers. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the family gets to their new house. Pat sees the box. He's like, nobody touch it. It's delicate. Um, they go out to walk in this, in the city and they see a diner where Pat and Barbara met years ago. Um, and Courtney asks Pat why they moved to Nebraska and Pat's like, Oh, don't worry about it. I was just looking for something. Um, at night, Pat goes into the basement and sees a bunch of the old JSA classified files, um, and sees a heavily highlighted map with blue Valley circled around it. Um, the next morning, Pat drives Courtney to her first day of school. But Courtney is standoffish. Upon arriving, she's angered that the school gymnastics team has been recalled due to budget cuts. But the school official tells her that cheerleading is an option. Why do you think that Pat is in Blue uh, Valley? What? Why do you think Pat is in Blue Valley? You know, he's looking for the person to carry the mantle. I thought he was looking for to kill the injustice, injustice people. You think is that, he out for you revenge? Think, you think Luke Wilson can hold? You think Luke Wilson has <laughs> that in him? But he's just hoping that the person that is owed it is is there. 
What do you do? Knock on everyone's yeah. door and say, "Hey, are you worthy?" <laughs> it's just it. I mean, I it, it could be that yeah, maybe Starman is her father, and the whole circling Blue Valley thing is just because that's where his daughter would need to learn to train because that's where a lot of the it seems most of the injustice society is there chilling. Yeah, because I was gonna bring that up. when she was in high when she was in her high school, they had these you know you know me with visual storytelling right holding shots aren't coincidental. Holding shots mean something to me. Right. I look at a holding shot, I just know they're trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And there was two specific holding shots. One when she walked into the cafeteria and that the Oriental teacher looked like she was a gym teacher. What was that about? Points her t- and she like it's she, tigress. Gets, she like gets there super fast. It's Tigris. 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 Yeah, like, like I see the, the way it is. Yeah, it, I see Tigris. <laughs> tigris. Yeah. It's Tigris. 100%. It's Tigris. She's, it would only make sense because the, the, the jockeyest dick of the school kid, his father is Brainwave. Yes. And I found out that the gentleman that introduces himself to Luke, Wilson, <laughs> Pat, uh, in the garage is Sportsmaster. Yes. So I think we've seen them all. Uh, all the we've basically seen them of, all there. Because then you get a call to, um, they call, what's her face? I mean, what's his face? Um, Icicle. They call him and like, oh yeah, by the way. I think and there's also, all right, that shot of the janitor. I right, remember when. Um, yes, uh, yes. When, she's uh, like, what the hell's going on? The janitor, and he's dead, dead, yeah, and that janitor's there. just like staring at her, like staring at her. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think all of the Justice Society is in Blue Valley, Nebraska, and the reason why it's circled is Starman knew, or that Starman feels, knew he had to get. That feels totally like um, le- uh, Runaways, right? Like the, yeah, these, like you have a does. bunch of these adults who literally do horrible things, and they're acting like upstanding members of society, and now this kid is about to figure it all out. You have and I teachers guess, like yeah. philanthropists right. and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually really, it, and that's why I'm hoping. Like, more, it, the next episode is in six days, and I can't wait because the I, I'm just hoping to see more of these characters that you should even be marking out because you saw them in Young Justice. Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, I got a big Stein vibe from Brainwave, like Stein and Chase. <laughs> yes, like that, yes. That felt like the same kind of dynamic kind of going on there. Uh, so I, that's how I was like, oh, this is, I'm, you know, a, a lot of the recent media that we've partaken, uh, for this podcast is lining up, like just helping my understanding with uh, a lot of these shows that we're trying to tackle. Um, and you know what the beauty, the, the best part about all of this is that we, you specifically were so worried about a scheduling during this whole Corona pandemic, yeah. but we've unnatural, naturally just managed to make everything connect. Yes. In our own way. And these are a lot of the things that we have covered recently were things that I would have covered had I had the time to ingest the medium. We had Young Justice on the schedule. It was just 36 episodes. No, not even. 26 episode seasons, except for one that has 23 episodes or something like that. It's a lot. Uh, and so the, in a week, I would have not been able to take that while also going to work and trying to do the editing and all that other stuff. But having time off because of this pandemic allowed me to have that and now with this you know overall and i guess i should say it up front because i don't think there's ever gonna no there is gonna be a moment to talk about it i'll wait then um 
how do you feel about the whole school dynamic? You know, she has a whole uh, a situation oh, it was, in, the, it was, in the gym or whatever. Oh, sorry, in the lunchroom. If there's one thing that I will always, it could be a trope. Hell, the trope could evolve into a cliche. But if there's one thing that I'm always personally going to be uh, advocate for is high is the high school settings in every movie. Because to be honest with you, that shit is true. Dupe kids. Now I haven't been in high school true. in a while. I have I actually haven't been in high school in about a third of my life. Yeah, because you're <laughs> five years older than me. So by the time you would have, by the time I would get to high school, you would have already been in your second year of college. Yeah, and those those memories are few and far between. I found it a bit crazy that the guy just walked up and was like, "Hey, slut." I was like, "What? <laughs> like, what's going no, on here?" That shit. And no, that like, shit is, that, that, that I, shit's true. I didn't grow up in the era. Like, I had a cell phone in high school, but it was definitely not the era where we had enough technology to send each other pictures. You understand? Like, that was not happening. You could play Snake. Oh, no, picture messages were looking to. terrible. You could no, play yeah, Snake if you want. You could play Mine. Mine. Was it? Uh, mine. Minesweeper. Minesweeper. Yeah, Minesweep. But you weren't you weren't sending no damn pictures. You, you weren't, could play Pong. Yeah. That's when like, everything was like MP2 or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, like it was all. It was all. Well, no, I had the bootleg. I had the MP4s. It, uh, no, MP4 is great, but was. the MP4s are great. But I'm talking about like when I when we first came out or three PG three GP or something like that. Like before when all this all started, when you had to put music into your phone and videos, oh, oh, it was yeah, all a, it was like it, PG. Yeah, it was whatever. all another. It was all another format because phones didn't have the capacity to do regular mp3s and stuff like that it got there later but that's what i'm saying like it would have been such a hassle to sext when i was younger because you know you would have to have been a coder or something so the fact that i didn't start sending picture messages till i like that till i was like 17 so i don't know all about sexting and all that i was i didn't have my first smartphone till like 2011 so i couldn't do it i couldn't do it with the idea like we used to get paranoid that if somebody else was on our phone calls like you know like those secret three-way conversations in high school that used to happen ruining people's lives let alone i sent you something in, in confidence and you sent it to the school or showed it to the school i couldn't do that shit I feel bad for these kids nowadays <laughs> holy hell you know you sent me something yeah. lovingly i sent you something kind of seductively lovingly and you made you broadcasted it you know, like, what the hell? Um, so, yeah, you got a bunch of jocks there, you know, razzling her up. You have the, the cool high school girl who has her bangs dyed. Which I guess it's like a, it's like showing how rich she is. Yeah, she had like that, that gray dye strand across the hair. Of the... I guess like that shows distinction. Um, Something like that. Yeah, and so, like, uh, yeah, they get into that whole beef. Um, and she like reflexively like push it cause they take her phone. The, the jocks take her phone. So she pushes one of the jocks. It hits the cafeteria lady spilling all the food on her. Then the guy gets all upset. And I'm like, why are you upset? The f- the lady with the food spilled all up on her. seems like kind of upset, but not like, like this happens every day kind of face. <sighs> I gotta go get more French fries or something. But he's like really, really upset. And then eventually he, she, the principal just pops up and is like, yeah, both in, um, detention now and so because she's in detention she misses her bus and ends up having to walk home so she's very upset they go to dinner Courtney's like you're not my father <laughs> uh, which is like random but it is what it is because Luke Wilson is trying his ass off he's he doing, is doing his best he's doing the Lord's work he has a he has the Lord's patience 
Um, he, he, I, I always found him as just charming in general. Uh, I'm so, so glad that shows are starting to normalize step parents more. Yeah, like, and, I feel and like the uphill battle really well with Ant Man and up in the uphill battle of it. Yeah, you know, it's like it's not an it's not an easy thing to be, and it's not like you're trying to take a place. But how do you create a space for yourself while respecting the the spaces that were there before you, while trying to move into the future um, with love? It's it's hard, and he's being rejected at every point. Like he drove her to school, and she's giving him, you know the face and you know they try to have dinner same situation there and so um she goes into the basement to cool off and she kicks over a box with pat's name on it she sees a picture of him fishing and she notices something might be wrong with the frame so um she uh ends up finding an old photo behind the photo um and it's the justice society of america so she also finds out a newspaper article that shows that Pat was the psychic um, of Starman. She sees some more files. She sees his old uniform. And then hearing a noise behind her, she sees a light glowing from the edges of the old trunk. Um, and she opens it and discovers the cosmic staff. It glows as she picks it up. But she drops it as she gets startled. Um, and then letting go of it, the staff remains in the air much to her disbelief. She dismisses her imagination as the staff doesn't move. Hovering her hand over it, the ball of light moves with her, but she struggles to move the staff from its position for a second. And then um, it starts to move on its own accord and takes her out of the basement to outside of the house. And she ha- she performs a basic gymnastics routine using the staff as a bar. Um, she asks if the staff is alive, and the staff just kind of jets off and takes her with it into the sky. Um, and back home, Pat returns the now damaged microwave to the basement um, and notes that the cosmic staff is missing. So this is when I would say the thing I wanted to say, which is what I miss from superhero television in general. And I guess the majority of the time you'll see this is in origin stories because I guess it's old hat after a while. But the absolute fun and awe and amazement at discovering you have powers or discovering that you can. Oh, use I love I love that shit. I love it with all my heart. So, like, even... So having the fun. Yeah, it was a little cliche to see her going around and doing, like, the, you know, the the balancing beam stuff. But the the genuine look of delight on her face after seeing her so depressed the entire show, um, you know, and... Well, you could also say that she's, she's one of... Not, not one of the first, but she's one of the few, like, actually talented, normal people to get powers. Most of the time, people that get powers, they're like you know, incapable of doing something. Peter Parker's a nerd. Billy Batson's a, a tiny little 10-year-old kid. You know, right. like, some of, what's his, uh, Cyborg was crippled because from that blast. And then, you know, if he wasn't Cyborg, he'd probably be dead. Like, you know, like, right. most of the time, it's somebody, people get their, these powers when it's like, they're either about to die or they're just incapable of being physically dominant. Yeah. So you could say that this is one of the first, like, one of the few kind of comic book characters that actually has a acrobatic talent but it's like a it's like a female dick grayson in a sense you know when we were introduced to robin and batman forever we were introduced to somebody that as a, as just a normal guy saved everybody from from a bomb yeah we already, training, already had those become talents, robin yeah. yes with training you can harness it to something new so if this girl in that scene with her on the roof when she was actually training and like being like, you know, you see her fall off the bar and get back on the bar, but 
have fun of falling off the bar and that feeling of wow i'm in my element i'm in my house right now like yeah that that's i can agree with you on that it's like it's fun to see it's like superman flying for the first time in man of steel yeah. that just that big ear-to-ear smile like damn it i'm flying like, yeah, you can't replace that that awe that shock that surprise um, I did a little homework on the Cosmic Staff, found out that uh, it offers the wielder powers, including rapid flight, levitation of objects, manipulation of energy, creation of defensive force fields, and offensive energy blasts. Both of those powers can be used at once to protect the wielder from atmospheric damage in high-velocity flight. Another power of the uh, rod was that it was capable of receiving mental commands from a distance. That became possible when the rod attuned itself to a, a user over time, and I think we kind of see that with Star Girl. Like it can understand her. Um, seemingly, it moves. It, it's almost like the the. I wouldn't say Doctor Strange escape. I would more so say the rug from Aladdin. Like it's uh, it has a personality and it tries to take it take um. I don't know. I Courtney. think that cape and Doctor Strange had pretty much a personality. Yeah, but it was also a murderer. So yeah, <laughs> well, who who knew? Maybe carpet was a murder too. Why would they throw a magic carpet into a damn underground sand tunnel? It's trapped who with the, that the soul did? of a murderer. It's like it's like Chucky. That's what it is. It's the, oh God, uh, James Earl Ray is that his name? What was his name? Charles Lee Ray. James Earl no, Ray. James, James Earl, Earl Jones. James Earl Jones is that's beta. That's <laughs> there you go. Wrong wrong Disney movie. Coming all the way. Coming all the way around. It's all it's all coming together. Um, so Courtney crashes into the woods after which she gets up and notices Henry King Jr. Okay. Now listen, here's another part. I do remember we were just talking about the, the, the cognitive dissonance with high school, right? I already explained that. So if you know, I have that feeling about high school and high school memories. I definitely don't get this whole jock thing. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's only something I've ever seen depicted in film. And television. I didn't have a, a big baseball, basketball, any kind of team in my high school, so I don't understand Neither did it. I. My, I. I didn't we've really have that of, either. We've spoken about crew, right? <laughs> we spoke about crew on one of the last episodes. <laughs> and we did. Without, and, 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 if anything, it tracks, right? Because the last time we were talking, I was talking about I didn't understand lacrosse. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, if anything, you know, you're just getting, like, I'm just expounding upon an opinion I've already had. So, like, I don't get how b- being good at playing basketball allows you to walk around calling people sluts and throwing drinks at people at drive throughs I don't understand it. Uh, I don't understand Especially it. when you're ruining watching the Goonies, man. That's Rob Reiner. And, but uh, you, you, got, you, got those, you got those things for four years, and then what? Then we out. Then you're going to catch me outside, you know, uh, uh, Henry you're Jr. You're going to be the one, you know, detailing my car. Like, what the you're hell? You're going to be the one saying paper or plastic. 100%. But yeah, she, they. I guess it was all just short change for he's a dick, right? What do you think about that? Do you think it's as overly done as I'm saying, or uh, did you think? Oh, you he think is the a whole... dick, and his father is a supervillain. So when it revealed that his father was he brainwaved, is a dick just, and his father was, is a supervillain. It just yeah. made sense. What? Oh no! Some news just dropped. What? While we were talking? While we're talking. That's so freaking hilarious. Wait. Holy hell. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> breaking news. We breaking, have breaking, breaking news. news. The star. 
the star of one of the shows currently on CW is exiting the role. Uh-oh. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruby Rose is exiting as Batwoman. <gasps> she She's, can't handle the, handle the hate anymore? I, I don't know. And she just put a statement that says, I have made a very difficult decision to not return to Batwoman next season. This was not a decision I made lightly as I have the utmost respect for the cast and crew and everyone involved. I'm truly grateful. Thank you to everyone who made season one a success. It's probably the whole COVID thing. Probably Why would it be a COVID this? thing? I think, it's a, I think it's a media thing. Because remember when she first did it, she got a lot of shit for it. She got so much hate. Um, And I thought the reason I kept going, I, I get to be Batwoman... Yeah, she said she was happy, opening gay hero. <sighs> that the show's gonna do us next season regardless. New episodes come out January 2021. What the hell is going on? What? <laughs> I'm glad I, I'm glad we were able to break that news here. I'm this is this is just hilarious that the, the time that we decided to do a news episode, we actually get to have a breaking news during our regularly scheduled oh, broadcast. Oh my god. Well, thank you, Ruby Rose, because from what the episodes I did see you in, you were doing a great job, in my opinion. That's gonna, I thought she was awesome. That's going to taint that whole first season for me. I haven't seen it. I was getting ready to see it because supposedly there was a very big cameo at the end. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen season one either, but I watched the Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover, and I liked her in that. Freak. I got I'm putting it on the page as we speak. Holy hell. Damn. Anyway, well that that that'll be something special for uh the listeners. <laughs> they literally got and to see back us. To they literally broadcast. got to see us uh, get emotionally involved about okay. Well, there's some girl that is staying around TW, you know? A star of her own show if you will. Uh so Basically, what happens is she decides that she's going to be a little vigilante. She sees the kids acting up, and she decides she's going to um, let the air out of one of their tires. But when one of them notices her and makes a noise, the staff shoots at the kids. <laughs> it doesn't kill them. It just knocks them out. And then blows, no, they hit, no, they hit the that first kid in the chest mad hard. It did, I, he it definitely did. broke a fucking rib or two. What is it called? Um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the protocol for the suit, Spider-Man suit? Kill, oh, kill mode, kill or mode. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, kill mode activated. That shit would be funny as hell if, if the staff was like, "Kill mode, <laughs> threat, threat assessed. Kill mode activated. <laughs> Sterile mode activated, and it just sterilizes <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Get shot. You don't My feel God. the effects. You don't feel the effects immediately, Dan, but you'll feel them for decades to come. And that's what really matters. That's so sad. So the she blows up a car. Henry's like, "My dad's gonna kill she me." She blew up a Mustang too. Yeah. She blew up a powder. But they shouldn't have been out of the Mustang. What the hell are you doing out of your Mustang harassing people in a drive-thru? That's like the lowest oh, of low man. lives. Like, but what are still, you doing? Man, that was, that was a drop-top powder blue. That, top, that, that soft top was probably white also, so it probably Holy looked great. Oh, man. Bananas. Bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S. in pajamas. Uh, Courtney sneaks back home, rushes to get the staff, but it's caught, uh, return the staff, but Pat catches her. And they're basically like, you're a liar, well, you're a liar. And then Courtney asks what the rod is. No, but you, I really love that scene, because it's like, when she was explaining what she did, he even couldn't help but just laugh. He's like, 
that's good. That's funny. And it's like, damn, man, it's that, it, it's that breaking of the ice dynamic between step parent and child. It's like, and very rarely does the child, them. very rarely does the, the adult find the child humorous or entertaining. So that's yeah. the level of charm they gave the Luke Wilson character that he can take jokes as well. He's not the character that, And then when she goes upstairs know, and she talks about the, the mom and talk, tells her about her father, even then she's like, you know, if he, if he was really a superhero, he would be here for us. You know who's here for us? The man downstairs. And I'm like, normalize step-parents, man. It's like it, it, they have the hardest jobs in the world. Like, I'm glad Ant-Man got a chance to do that where it's like all three of them could be like friends together and be parents together. I, it's the Jingle They're not way. villains. It's, They're not villains. They're just... Not Jingle All the Way. Um, The Santa Claus. It's the yeah. Santa Claus 2 where Judge Reinhold is now making cookies for everybody and him and Scott are friends. You know, it's... That's it. I love when they normalize step-parents to be acting adults for the, the welfare of the child. Yeah. Put all personal issues aside when it comes down to the welfare of the child. And the thing is, he cares about this kid. He tells her that the the staff is not supposed to work for anyone else but Starman, and that's what starts to turn the wheels in old Courtney's head. Because turns out, Starman died ten years ago on Christmas Eve, and Courtney remembers that her dad didn't come home ten years ago on Christmas Eve. Uh, Pat tells her that people have died after getting too close to the JSA. Courtney doesn't listen. She's comparing a picture of her father um, in the necklace to the one that. You have Starman there. So this is the thing. When I was looking at the pictures, I'm like, that's not exactly a one-to-one. Why didn't they just make it Joe McHale in the thing until I realized what they were doing? It's supposed to be a mystery. It's supposed to be a, well, it doesn't exactly line up, you know? Um, and that's supposedly part of the... This is also a confirmed yeah. other world in the CW universe, right? In the Yeah, because at the end of Crisis, they flashed over to the world this with the was Doom Patrol. One of them, right? Yeah. That they did. They showed the Doom Patrol world, they showed Stargirl, they showed um, Swamp Thing, and Titans, I believe. So this is confirmed Earth-like insert number here. 100%, yeah. Which is Nice. Which is cool. So yeah, they keep talking about whether or not it's a father. Pat's like, it can't be. It's an extreme coincidence, but it's not that. Relax. What's your father's name? She says, my father's name is Sam Curtis. He's like, well, that's fine, because the other guy's name is Sylvester. So there's nothing to be... Yeah, Sylvester Pembody. Or Pemberton. Pemberton or yeah. some shit. At the King's residence, Henry Sr. tells his son to repeat what happened. Junior tells him about the glowing thing that shot lasers. He dismisses his son in a cold tone, eventually using his brainwave powers to open a secret bookshelf compartment with his brainwave suit. I'm going to say it like that every time. Numerous tapes and a photo of a woman inside. Back at the Duggan Whitmore house, Courtney goes off to meet Pat on the porch, remarking as his old alias... Remarking on his old alias as Stripesy. She says, I'll keep your secret, but only if you stay out of my way. Pat says, uh, you should change your mind. You can put everybody in danger. Um, and so she's like, okay, fine. And they seal their deal. Henry King calls Jordan Makent, a.k.a. Icicle, the Iceman that killed, you know, stabbed the old Starman, in a London yep. cemetery to tell him of his son's attack by someone with a glowing stick. Icicle is dubious because he knows he killed Starman, but Henry doesn't agree, saying this just means that there's a new Starman, and we need to get rid of him. Um, And when you see when you see King Senior, and they zoom out, it's revealed that he is dressed as Brainwave. The cosmic staff makes its way. (laughs) I had a Red Bull. The cosmic staff makes its way up to Courtney's room, scaring the sleeping girl off her bed. Her mother enters. And uh, the room to make sure she's okay. And when she leaves, the 
uh, Courtney checks under her bed to see if the staff is there. Turns out staff has just opened up her windows, directing her outside. Then it pulls her into the air. At the drive-thru theater, Brainwave investigates the burnt ground where the car exploded. I feel like I'm in one of those old serials, right? And then Brainwave, oh, attacking Superman. Um, Courtney lands on top of a building without gracefulness. She asks the staff why it brought her here. And through a series of warbles and gestures, she understands... Uh, that it wants to practice again. So she does a little bit of more practicing. I like that whole like surfboard staff thing. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I love she did like this backflip off the roof and landed like onto the onto the staff. I was like, damn, that's really cool. And then she sits down on him like like a witch. Like Yeah, it's another like, joyous moment. Um Because it like it like it helps build that narrative that the staff is coming to her because she's a chosen one. So if she's the chosen one, obviously they're just going to have this just energy type chemistry together that it doesn't have to be that much training, but it also shows that, hey, look, we're not giving you this Mary Sue character. We're giving you a character that the first time she went to jump on the staff, she fell and hit the ground. Right. You know, like they're, they're, they're trying to build up that this is someone that's going to be a superhero, heroine, a superheroine. Right. And it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. These next 12 weeks are going to be amazing. And I genuinely like the dad. Um, I genuinely like the mom. Amy Smart. Yeah, no, these are a lot of likable. Even the, the characters are, that are dicks, the fact that you hate them is what makes them likable characters. Yeah. It, I know it sounds weird, but it, it, it is true. I wish I could explain it any other way, but even the characters they make them the sub, most. They make them subhuman. So there's no redemption. You don't have to sit around and go like, oh, I wonder... Maybe he just had a hard childhood. You know, like you're not even thinking of those things. Just like in classic comic books. In classic comic books, you didn't sit and go, oh my God, he just robbed, uh, you know, arm, did an armed robbery on that entire bank. Well, maybe he's dealing with some stuff inside. You just went, oh, he's a bad guy. I hope Batman punches him in the face. So this is the same situation here. Like all these guys are played up as mustache twirling evil villains so that we have no, there's no, like I'm much rather that in the runaways is what I said before, right? Like that's how it was portrayed in the first place. Um, giving yeah. them giving them heartbreaking backstories just meant we spent more time explaining why we shouldn't be so hard on murderers, and I don't think that <laughs> we need that right now. Nah, I like my mustache truly bad guys, and my mustache truly bad guys are doing great with this show so far. Yeah, um, this guy's actually pretty dope. Um, brainwave, brainwave, yeah, <laughs> brainwave, brainwave. It gets more uh, yodely. Her joyous session ends as airborne tires knock her off the staff and she crash lands into a pile of tires. Looking around, she doesn't see the threat as she is suddenly pulled by a great force into the fence behind her, uh, then is dragged forward. Reaching for the staff, she doesn't see the source but runs into Blue Valley Tires Warehouse for, looking for help. Yelling to see if anyone's there, she sees Brainwave as he mentally interrogates who she is and why she has a staff. She is forcefully dragged to him until the only thing standing between them is the staff. Brainwave tells her that he can send her through her thoughts of isolation and of being alone. And why is she thinking of her father? Courtney begs the staff to do something to which the staff jerks and strikes him under the chin. However, Brainwave lands feet first after the strike and sends airborne tires after her. Courtney expertly dodges them and the staff sends a beam of light to him, which causes an explosive ball of fire. 
Brainwave disappears, and a terrified Courtney runs out of the warehouse. She is then confronted by a large robot and nervously points the staff at it. Incredibly, Pat's voice rings out, telling her, he said, to not touch the staff. And so there's Stripesy. We got Stripes. We got Stars and Stripes. We got uh, Injustice Societies and Brainwave. We, everything is set up. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's a train looking costume. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming there's some sort of... Uh, like training montage coming up, right? Like she still has to get her suit. It's a big thing there. Uh, Star Girls eventually. Oh yeah, we got suit. we got time for this. We we got we got like three months to go with this with this season. Yeah, yeah. We and got the next three months ahead of us. Oh man, this is gonna pad some time because that Batgirl thing. <laughs> what the hell? That's pretty messed up. Because I actually was looking forward to that. I was going to watch it. And I know I kept saying I was going to watch it, but I was going to watch it. Holy hell. Bananas. <laughs> Out of control. Just the crazy things of this life. Like I said, sometimes unforeseen circumstances flips the script, but then we, we still got to maintain. We still got to make sure things happen the way they happen. But yeah, I loved, I loved the first episode of this show. It's a little bit... Obviously, the audience is meant for a little bit younger than me. But I'm about kind of tired of the stuff aimed at me because it's all fucking sad and depressing and um, you yeah, know, no like hopeless. Yeah, no one to be an adult anymore. Yeah, so you know, let me go back to uh, oh Blue Valley once a week. I can go to Blue Valley and hang out with these very nice people who you know just kind of want to get by. No, no, that town is a little bit mysterious to me. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like that town is like being run by the Justice Society, the Injustice Society. It would be kind of like every cool. time these people walk by, they're just like, hello, hello. Like, it's just everything just seems too cardboard cut out as if like brainwave is just like controlling everybody to be like nice. Like, who knows what the extent is of his powers? Maybe he can't. Maybe he did brainwash the entire town to just be like mindless zombies. Yeah, it could especially be. the adults. And, and, you know, we see and especially after we saw that Doom Patrol thing. Right. Or we saw uh, uh, Danny Street. Um. But also, Mento was doing the whole. Oh yeah, yeah. The whole thing of um, keeping the the illusion of the school the whole time while everybody whole, uh, kind of lived in it in, the, in a wheelchair, and he's just like old as hell, just looking <laughs> yeah. mad, bitter. He looked so oh. damn bitter with that helmet on. <laughs> oh my gosh, bananas! Oh, that episode is so. Why'd you bring that episode up? Because it's so sad. It's like. It's it's like living in your memories and you're like, oh my god, it's li- it's literally living in your memories. <laughs> As you stated, they're just they these did old cast... people dying in them. <laughs> they did cast a Artemis. Um, she hasn't appeared yet, but she has been casted as Stella Smith. No, I looked at the yeah, I looked at the IMDb also, and I just started because I needed to see who some of these characters were like comic book wise because I want to read up on these people because I want to like. You know, once these TV shows come out, then there's like it gives me more of a reason to want to read more comics. It gives I have now reasons to read Doom Patrol comics and you know the Boys comics and Umbrella Academy and pick up Star Girl and then the Justice Society of America. Like I have these reasons to because it's like I want to see how they are adapted. I want to I want to see if they're if they're faithful and in, in during character wise or faithful with stories. Like you know I want to see what's going on. I think that, uh, uh, fortunately for people like you and myself, um, there I think a lot of those star, uh, stars and stripes or you know um, Star Girl comics are available right now on the DC Universe. 
Uh, oh yeah, and DC does that with at, at the end of every episode. They give you a comic book to read. That's like that, which is awesome. I know they it. would like to do it with everything, but it's a little bit harder. Um, but yeah, man, come on, like <laughs> I can't. Like you said, like I I got a week to kind of bone up until we get to the next episode. Um, I think that just leaves. Harley Quinn, the animated show, as the only DC Universe show we haven't covered on on this podcast. Oh my god! That's it. Wow! Yeah, we covered Titans. We've covered Doom Patrol. We've well, we covered, covered all the live action ones, anyways. And uh, Star Girl now. Um, yeah, Doom Patrol is coming up soon. Uh, hopefully, you know things start changing. We start moving. People start going outside. Uh, but only when everything is safe. I'm not advocating for everybody to run outside right now and start coughing Stay at each other. As long as you have, please. To. As long as you want. As long as you want to, too. Like that's you know that's your that's your, that's your problem. Yeah, man. If, if lockdown ends and it seems like everything's flattened, but you want to stay inside for one more month, take that next month. Yeah. You know, in, in chest the pawns go first. Wow. Bananas. That sounded too, a little sinister. <laughs> well, it's a comic book. It's a comic book quote, so. Or a comic book movie quote, so. I'll allow it. Um, I feel like a lot of things we talked about today were DC, but that seems to happen most of the time here at part of the Matrix's podcast. I do not regret it. Uh, well, you know what? If, if, if DC is going to get some sort of praise and credit, at least it, let it get it here because it ain't getting in their movies, at least anyways in the live action department. And Marvel won't start anything back up until Black Widow because once Black Widow comes out, then we'll be getting those, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, all that other kind that's, of stuff. That, but that's we all... basically the epilogue of the first three phases. Like that, that movie's between two movies in the, in the second phase or the third right. phase or whatever. So that's still a now story it's not one of their newer stories that they want to take over and get to already these guys want to get to their fifth phase yeah yeah so you know that that definitely they still got things. one more. and it, you know it's kind of their fault in a sense because like we i personally have been waiting forever for a black widow movie i would have accepted a black widow movie a long time ago but you guys had to wait till you know literally everything was said and done to now backpedal and give us a Black Widow story between two key major movies she was in? Yeah, it did take a little bit of a while. And we're still waiting on Wonder Woman 84. You know, that's supposedly moved to August. I'm still waiting on all my all my th- my Disney shows. Shouldn't have, those have been wrapped up and done already? I don't Sam, the no Falcon and Winter excuses. Soldier, I think, was going to drop in August. Um, but that's not the case now. <laughs> Everything's been moved forward. I like I don't want to hear the these COVID day. excuses for shows that have already wrapped up. If you're already wrapped up, Find a damn time slot. But that's why I think we're, that's why I think we're gonna get the boys, you know, Doom Patrol, Umbrella Academy, like those things were wrapped. So we'll we'll get those. But you got to remember, we were dealing with this as early as February of this year. So consider no production from February to now. Gets kind of dicey. yeah. But how many shows have already been their first or third or middle seasons have already been concluded yeah. where they didn't, but they they could have been already filming. Like, I understand Flash. I understand all these other CW shows because they finished rap in, what, December during the the crisis crap? Right. So they still had, you know, a month or two in between to then you start and then the COVID thing happens and then lockdown. I understand why the Flash got, like, got the, got the, the shit end of the stick. But it imagine if you were imagine if you were planning to film in the spring for a fall release. No one filmed this spring. That's true. No one's filming this spring. So it's no like, one's filming so it this. Everything off, and we're closing on in the summer too. Like we're closing in on that. So 
it's it's going to be pretty dicey. But that just means that we have to be extra creative as part of the Major Issues Podcast and Comic Book Click, right? As far as all this, oh, we're definitely going to be extra extra creative. Comes, um, I still, you know, I'm still waiting. I still would love to talk about Twilight of the Superheroes. So we're moving that to next week. Then I have to look at the schedule and see how we can keep uh, the schedule as is for the most part. Um, well, for the most part, it's just going to be pushed up in a sense because it would be Twilight, yeah. and then you have that one with, with the next one you have with it, Greg with after Extremis, that. Iron Man, Extremis, and then me and you have History of Violence. So by the time we do History of Violence, it would be like the second week of June. Yes, and then it'd really just be pushed up a week. I know we got Irredeemable. I know we had Irredeemable Ant Man and the two Justice League episodes, Snyder's Justice League. But I'll see. Maybe we can. Maybe we can push that to one. Let's see what we can do. But um. Nah, you I think you said know. you needed Snyder's Justice League in two parts. It's big, man. It's like 30 issues. Um, it's a lot of heavy uh, concepts. But if you guys want to know what's going on as part of the Major Issues Podcast, part of Comic Book Click, um, the easiest way is to go to comicbookclick.com, the official home of the Major Issues Podcast, and the home of everything that we do here as part of Comic Book Click, the podcast, articles, uh, shop. I just started a blog called From the Desk of the Dawn, where I talk about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, like what we were choosing to cover instead of covering movies that should have been coming out during this whole COVID pandemic, um, comics that I've been reading and things I'm interested in covering in the future. Uh, I think that comes out every Sunday. So keep your eyes open for that. Uh, Self-confessed Umbrella Academy fan, Dan the Comic Man, is going to be combing through the series to look for some awesome moments so we could... uh, so you can tell the fans things to look forward to on your season one rewatch. Because the show's coming two. out, man. Two yeah. two months in around two, in about two months, the show season two's dropping. We gotta have we gotta have them eight amazing facts, the eight amazing amazing scenes, the yeah. best scenes that we all we've got can the agree. best scenes, the greatest scenes of the greatest show, the latest thing, the, the latest, latest thing, greatest. greatest. Um, yeah. So do that there. Like I said, articles. A podcast episodes, merchandise, all available at comicbookclick.com. Uh, thank you for listening this far into the Comic Book Clicks uh, episode about Stargirl and recent news. Um, but if you want to listen to any other episodes, like I said, go to comicbookclick.com. That's the easiest. But besides that, if you already have a podcast app, um, type in the Major Issues Podcast. Or go to Google and type in the Major Issues Podcast. And we'll be the first ones to pop right up. We're available on Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, wherever podcasts are found. Um, Spotify, TuneFind, iHeart, uh, Anchor. I think we're on SoundCloud. But odds are, if there's a podcasting platform, we are on it. Type in Major Issues Podcast and be the first ones to pop up. Always talking about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Um, What I want from you guys is more feedback. So, if there's a particular episode that you like, but you disagree with something, or you just want to chime in on something, go to that episode in the comicbookclick.com, and there'll be a comment section right there. Type in your comments and let us know, and we'll read them right here on the air. Uh, that could be about any one of our articles. It could be about any episodes of the podcast, and it'd be the quickest way to get to us. But you can also reach us by going to facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or use the hashtag comicbookclick. To talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Wow, walking around with that mask got me all out of breath. Um, but yeah, man, that'd be the quickest way to find all of this. We have over 125 episodes in the can, which is over 250 hours of content. Which Isn't is two and a half years. Look at that. That's a lot, B. I'm telling you. Um, two and a half years here. worth of content, people. 
We are we out here doing it every single week. Knock on particle wood. Uh, but yeah, that's the longest the- running weekly episodic podcast history. That's it. All of it. That's it. That's what we need. Uh, but yeah, this is I like this. This has been great. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. If you can, if it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't like about the podcast and change accordingly, even though it's been about two and a half years, people, if you ain't digging it this far, and no one's told us anything yet, so. And I do all these episodes traditionally with no underwear, It just for good luck, so you want me to change that. It's just how it has to be done. It's how it has to you be think done. any anchormen do, their, do the, the weekly news with pants on? No, no, man. Listen, you know how hard it is to speak when your ball's attached to your leg? It's incredibly frustrating. It hurts. But... Yes. Uh, if you want me to wear underwear, chime in on the next episode of the Matrix Podcast. I'm not making any promises, but I'm saying your voice will be heard. Uh, if not, that's the main upon. thing is that your voice will be heard. That's it, baby. That's it. Uh, but I think that's it. I feel like I'm I'm missing something. I, I know I'm missing Ruby Rose's Batwoman. <laughs> they, they, you, you let them know that we're everywhere podcasts are found. Yeah. We have a website. We uh-huh. have social media. Yep. We talk all this news. We talk new shows premiering. Yes, we have new articles coming fans. out. We jumped on this uh, to get some current events news on there. And now, look, we even gave you the dirtiest of, of dirty takes when it comes to... Um, the most recent news that was dropped. So just make sure that you're here next week. Uh, we try to produce this content every week for you guys, free of charge and free of stress. Uh, it's an escape in this crazy world that we're living in. So come keep escaping with us and uh, join us next week. My name is George Serrano, AKA the Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been our episode dealing with current events and the Stargirl pilot. And remember, whether or not you want to quit a ridiculously uh, lucrative role as a star of a superhero, whether you become a star of a superhero and think that you don't need to work out anymore, whether you shot a movie dealing with a bunch of stars of superheroes, but it was taken away from you and uh, you're waiting for your cut to be released. Remember, Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy are coming back. Remember, Stargirl is out and it's good. Remember that, uh, what else do they remember, Dan? They need to remember that they, yes, they are worthy. Are worthy. Thanks, guys. <laughs>